you are invited as we delve into the unhinged. Well, it ain't working now, Frank. the movie line. The grotesque. And the bizarre. Who calls me from out of the pit? Whether you asked for it or not. This is Late Night Psychorama. Gentlemen, this is Late Night Psychorama. This is a little show we have where three of us talk about horror films from a, a bygone era. We mostly stay from like the mid 60s all the way to the early 80s, but kind of focus primarily on the 70s, the the more obscure, neglected drive-in movies. Uh, although this is kind of uh, not really a rule set in stone, we do bounce around a lot. And uh, we try to openly ignore movies that are covered heavily elsewhere, so we won't really do Suspiria or Halloween or uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We kind of <coughs> we we found a niche where we like to do movies that are a little bit more off the beaten path. Uh, please keep in mind this isn't professional. Uh, you're not going to hear any academic or pretentious talk here. This is pretty much. Imagine you just walked out of a movie theater, a revival show of some old horror movie, and you're walking past the three fucking dweebs that are talking outside about what they just watched. That's the best way to describe this. Uh, be mindful. There are spoilers, um, opinions, uh, which the people need to be protected from nowadays for some fucking reason. Uh, random segues, uh, insufferable bullshit. Etc. So you've been warned. And I'm Andrew. I'm Joe. I'm Jonathan. And uh, Andrew, why don't you tell us what 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 movies we're doing today? All right. Or was I supposed to ask Joe? Oh, you're I on mean, the spot now. Just matter. do it. Do it. Do it. We're do doing it. Uh, Lady Frankenstein. Sarah Bay is Lady Frankenstein. All right. We're doing them in order. Do them in order. Okay, we're doing Castle of Blood. This is the shocking drama of a young writer who disregards the warning of his master, Edgar Allan Poe, and accepts a wager to pass the night in a castle of mystery and legend. The Castle of Blood. No one has ever witnessed and survived the awesome secrets, the ghostly events of this castle of the damned. I dreamed of this night. At last I can go away with the man I love. You can't leave, Elizabeth. You're trapped in this castle. Well, you don't even have to say it in order now because you already said the second one. And we're doing Lady Frankenstein. She's beautiful. She's evil. And she'll do anything for love. She creates a new, more terrifying monster. And only the monster she creates can satisfy her strange desires. No man can escape her web of terror. There has never been a movie like Lady Frankenstein. <laughs> uh, Joe. Joe, I have a question for you before we get started on this. Did you, yes. did you see the new Halloween? Yes, I actually Oh, did you really? Oh, yes. great. This is great. This is this is going to I imagine I imagine you remember in Godzilla versus Megalon when Jet Jaguars fight Megalon and Gigan and they knock them down, they just kick them back and forth like across that field for a while. That's that's what we're gonna do with Halloween 2018 for 
I mean, let's just do this for the whole episode. I'm, I'm down with that. I got so much. I, I, I don't want to say I'm disappointed because I wasn't because I knew exactly what I was getting into when I walked into that theater. Yeah. Me and Andrew saw it for, for our friend Ryan's 30th birthday. I went to the bar first, so I got nice loosey-goosey. And, uh, yeah, watch that whole movie take a dump on my lap. <laughs> what what did you think before I get started? What did what did you think about it? Let, let, let's let's like get you in there. Me? Yeah, yeah. This is a podcast about movie opinion, so I figured I'd ask you. <laughs> uh, I'm not I'm not like terribly vitriolic toward it, but because I think it actually I think it was working okay until it got to... I know the part you're about to say. Where, like, um, he gets to the town and starts killing people, and then we start having the convergence of Lori and the law enforcement. Like, right there is where it just starts to completely go off the rails. Whereas, up until then, I think it was actually working okay. I... The, I was okay with like the first half because I was watching it and I was just like, this is a modern day remake of one of the 80s brain dead Michael Myers sequels. You know what I mean? This, this feels like Halloween 4 for, for modern people. And then, and like it was bad, it was poor, you know, it wasn't really great, but I was at least like jiving on it. Like, okay, this is what this is. I guess I can watch that. And then right when like the his psychiatrist turns out to be an evil person and stop, stabs the cop, and the movie just like goes off the rails from then. And yeah, that's like basically like ten minutes after I declared yeah, it, you know, yeah. it, off the rails. And there's just so much like wrong. I I I enjoyed the opening. Um. The whole movie has this problem where it has modern day direction where, you know, they have to cut every four seconds and stuff like that. And it's just like this, uh, you know, there's there's no verve in the direction. It's just kind of bland television show bullshit as opposed to like how the, the first one has that assured workman like elegance that Carpenter's direction has, you know, if you watch like Halloween, Assault and Precinct 13, there's just kind of like moderately paced confidence. Mm -hmm. And this movie is just like, nope, we got to cut every four seconds. We don't, we don't. Except for when I feel like there are certain parts that they do the long shot. Yeah. And those were, they were, they, they, those were intended to be that like exactly it's, it's like forced and, 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 yeah exactly it feels forced they, they didn't it didn't but everything else was like that where it yeah, was, cut it was super just like, fast exactly yeah. like there was there was no like inspired like, we're gonna do like two angle. long shots and, yeah. and everything's just like yeah a normal or, or, movie. or one shot two shot you yeah. know it's just and uh yeah like like the first one it just has this just just something very pretty about it how well made it is. And this one's just, you know, pedestrian at best. Yeah, and I, I totally get what you're saying about, like, the first movie just feels like it's just a terrifying just killer loose in, the, in a town. Yeah, yeah. And, well, uh, but it seems almost, for, it, it, it's like a bit down to earth for me. It's like, it's it's, oh, it's like real, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's another thing. Like, 
But this one is just kind of like aware of itself. That's that's why I brought up that it's a lot like part four because right. Michael Myers doesn't feel like Michael Myers to me in this one. He feels like the hulking Jason wannabe yeah. that the that the other sequels have. Like he's not like the shape that from the first one where he's just this fucking creepy, you know, thing that just smoothly goes from place to place. No, it's just this guy that's just like barehandedly tears people apart. I'm actually going to disagree with you on that point. Okay. I think that the Michael Myers stuff was actually really good. Really? I, yes. it, it just didn't, it didn't click with me. The, I think the, the main problem with, with the movie, too, is it has like that... Uh, what all the Star Wars movies after the original trilogy have, where they bring this like... They, they act like these minor details have this striking relevance. Like... Uh, Michael Myers mask you know like the, I'm pretty sure in the first one he just grabbed that mask because that was the mask at that store he broke into and in this one they act like it's like yeah it's like this holy thing yeah that, like, exactly exactly and 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 not only that like when he finally gets the mask back you know he puts it on in slow motion and and the music plays mm-hmm. and they make like a big deal about something that originally is just a fucking mask and really all it is is just like fanboy like oh look look who's back and he's got his mask you know and it just did not settle well with me at all you know it doesn't have that it, it's talking to its audience too much that i agree with yeah it's just there's a lot of stuff like, and plus the last 15 minutes where they steal like 20 shots from Halloween and put them in there just to like wink at you. Yeah. Yeah, there was some awkwardly forced, Everything. you know, like like reversals between Laurie and, oh, and Michael Myers that oh, oh, made me a, a little bit. Ugh. Not not only that, the the one thing where I gave this movie a little credit was they they finally jettisoned that. Laurie Strode is Michael Myers' sister, which I've always yeah. fucking. They did hated. that in the trailer. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, they're that. Well, that's why I was uh, excited. I was like, oh, okay, they're yeah. gonna, they're finally going to make Michael Myers the boogeyman again, and not some right. like, oh, well, I got to kill my sister for reasons unknown. But um, but yeah, the then whole... they still made him fixated on her. You know, yeah. I was hoping that like Michael Myers would return to Haddonfield, do more boogeyman, the shape shit. And she would just be like running around in the background, being like the new like Donald Pleasance, like oh this guy's loose again. Well, he's that, awful. Yeah, but that's what he was doing. His first order of business, he started going house to house killing people. Yeah, I I agree, but he wasn't <laughs> doing it in that like weird setup for like fucked up weird shit like the first one, like where he like takes the tombstone and I have this uh, this is this is just like my like fan theory. But I have this feeling that in the original one, Michael Myers wasn't done doing the weird, like, macabre home decor that he was doing in that house. And Laurie Strode stumbling in is what fucked that up. And he had to go chase her down and kill her. But that's when he runs into a psychiatrist that shoots him, etc. But I like to think that, like, he was still doing, like, weird fucking shit. And, he, and like, I like the idea that Michael Myers was just, like, returned to the town every now and then to do another, like, setup of fucking creepy shit. But yeah, the the whole like fixation on Laurie Strode needs to go. They should have just had a whole new cast of characters, etc. I didn't get that there was a fixation though. Yeah, that that was like the whole like theme they're trying to get. I mean, I they did it more from her point of view, 
Yeah, yeah. Like, like like that that part was all in her. Yeah, head. But, like but I don't think. No, but in the end, she I, he still ends up there. Yeah, she's well, exactly. Okay, well, now see, that's the thing though. I don't get that he would have ended up there if they hadn't a very awkwardly placed yeah. him there. Oh yeah, yeah. that that whole thing is fucking stupid too. Because I like I said, like he just went to town and just started going door to door committing murder like i don't think he gave a fuck about her at all yeah and would have never like he, how would he have even known where she was like yeah he, like, Wait, I, you know actually maybe i did miss something but did did any of those scenes in the town take place in the like the was there uh, the old house or something like that from the original? I, no. I don't think they ever. Yeah, well, they okay. never did. I just the... thought maybe that's what he was doing, looking for. Maybe he did wind up for the house, but because I didn't notice. No, yeah. he just. Oh, there you go. Got to Haddonfield and was like, "All right, door number one." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it... the whole Loomis thing too. I, I I wonder what came first: the fact that they were winking at the whole, like that they were just mimicking the Loomis character or 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 if that was intentional you know like even Lori says oh you're the new Loomis like it's just uh it yeah. just seemed bad though yeah like I I didn't think they need to bring it needed to bring it up a lot like having like like the recording playing where you where you hear like the the voice of whoever's doing the Donald Pleasant's impression who actually mm-hmm. actually did a pretty decent there, job with it there, like the, that was all you needed you didn't have to like bring it up you know what i liked about that part there's scenes i don't think he does as much in the first one as he does in the sequels he's in but when like he's yelling and his voice cracks into that like primal scream you know like i shot him six times you got human to to get him do that because he's like just doing like a, a a proper professional tape recording about michael myers but to, to get him to do that, they make the tape warp when he's talking about burning them so they can get that like effect of him doing that primal scream that he does in the sequels. Where he's just like, yeah, he needs to be burned. I hated that. I, I, I just think that was like a clever way of like getting them to do that again. I get it, but like... I know, that, I know. That, that was... It's another fanboy. The whole movie is just fucking fanboy trash. Just hollow fanboy trash. I got to see the Halloween 3 masks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The, uh, At least that was subtle. Oh, with the kids trick yeah, treating, yeah. yeah. And um, of course, there's the the big dumb ending, and of course, like how it's a modern day horror movie, and you can't really be a horror movie anymore. That's like bleak, and and grounded, Old. and fucking leaves with you feeling shitty and like yeah. dirt's <laughs> under your skin. It's like, oh no, this movie is about how family sticks together and empowerment and stuff like that. The original Halloween ends with like this fucking awful supernatural force just disappeared and it ends with like these shots of the town and the house where any shadow he can be fucking lurking because life is fucking scary and has barbed wire around it. But no, like how, uh, you know, it's it's Halloween for 2018. So it has to end with like tough lady who's going to handle things and it's all okay as long as you have your family with you. So and, fuck and, off. And and then we'll mimic the, the ending of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like not. Yeah, that was really yeah. weird but not fucking terrifying and unsettling. Just like, oh, yeah, families forever. Yeah. 
Uh, what a fucking dumb movie. <laughs> Well, it's funny because they finally wanted to kill him, right? And they're, they're, I was like, oh, I thought, oh, yeah. I thought they were just going to stick around and look for his charred remains, you know, like his charred corpse just in the basement. Well, no, because they have to have an excuse oh, yeah, for the next, the next one. one. Yeah. Was, uh, oh, Jesus. This is the first Halloween movie I've seen since H2O. I have not seen any Halloween movie in between this and H2O, uh, which is funny considering this is just a Well, there was only one. Well, if well, you no, don't count the yeah, whole, the, yeah, Rob, the Rob Zombie, Zombie ones. I never saw Resurrection. I saw like 15 minutes of the Rob Zombie one and... Uh, that was more than enough for me. I mean, I'll I'll take this over oh yeah, any of the ones like since 4. That's what I was about to say. This is the it, best one since 4. It's still which is like still that's not like, yeah, it's like yeah, it's that's oh, that one's the best damning Star with faint pra- praise. Um Yeah, the we should probably put a thing in at the beginning maybe saying like if you don't want Halloween spoiled for you yeah you, yeah <laughs> uh yeah what uh what other dumb shit wait I had like all right well here keep, keep talking I, I, there was one more thing I wanted to mention about Halloween but I, it I think ran. I got all my frustrations out yeah I wasn't even frustrated by uh, it, you know, it I just wasn't. was like you know, I knew what it was but I was just like I mean I think, in all honesty, you know how I noticed, like, oh, how I told you, like, it does this things, like, to, 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 like, nudge the fans, like, oh, look at this, Michael's back, like, here's his mask and everything. Like, I honestly think that was strategically placed there because they knew they couldn't make, write a fucking good movie because it's, you can't just do that again. The first oh, one, actually, the yeah, movie. that's where, where, where I was going to go with it. But yeah, I think the producers just strategically placed all that stuff in there so that all the fans would get all hyped up when they watch it. Like, oh, yeah, there's that thing I like. And then they gave it that's good just ratings. That's the way it is now. And that's how you. That, uh, and then people are like, "Oh wow, this is eighty percent of Rotten Tomatoes." I'm going <laughs> to. That's gonna what they were it. going. It's exactly. Yeah, that's the formula I, they were trying yeah, to that, go I, with. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's. Like, that's how the Star Wars movies. Yeah, they're, they're all fucking. That's garbage. what they're copying. You know, you, they're yeah. copying that same thing. You can't. Ma- part of the, the 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 problem with this is that you can't make Halloween now. Yeah. Like it. It just. It's a. It's a movie that. You know, it's a type of movie that you like. It it, it it its time has has come and gone. Unfortunately, like I mean, and which is not to say you can't make a simple movie about you know a psychopath murderer, but you can't make a Halloween movie without it just feeling a forced and b it. Um, doing having to do the things for the modern audience that are completely against what makes the original Halloween what it is. The first one is a perfect self-contained movie with no reason to have a sequel whatsoever besides people want to make money. And everything, if you're going to make sequels, you're going to ruin... Everything that's ambiguous about the first one is what makes it so fucking good. And once you cast a light in those like dark areas, it dissipates everything that makes them scary or interesting. So it's just fucking trash. I know I've said this a million times, but if they just did what they wanted to do and make Halloween an anthology movie where we had a series of 80s horror movies that all took place on Halloween and had John Carpenter scores... That would have been phenomenal, but no, no. People like you, listen, you listeners, people like you are why we can't have these things. <laughs> that's you should be fucking ashamed of yourself. That's one good mark. I'll I'll give it the 
the the new score material was very good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was just it was just like the Lost Themes albums does Halloween. Anything else we want to rip apart before? No, this movie's fucking garbage, and it's got too much of my time already. Well, I meant I meant other movies. Like, is there anything else we want to rip apart? What did I? What have I watched? On? No, every because like when we do this, all the movies I watch are like in in sync with the movies that that we're covering. So it's better this to jump. I'm trying to think. Did I watch anything else? No, probably not. But this was, you know. This is one we had to talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah. We all saw it. It's recent. So, Joe. I feel like there's something else I want to bring up about how I hate this movie. but Oh, you know one thing? I don't know if this is just kind of, we can just be done with it, but... uh, would you th- would you think of the the child death in this movie? Oh yeah, that that just Halloween. felt forced. That that felt like the movie was like trying to flex muscles it didn't have. Yeah, child death. The, uh, yeah, yeah, the kid, so forgettable. Uh, in the, in the, the SUV, in the truck. he just smashes. His oh yeah, I completely forgot. About yeah, that. yeah, I'm much like gang. He kills a lot. It's a body count movie. It doesn't have like the yeah. subtle, suggestive violence of the first one. That's like another reason why it feels like a remake of, one but, of the sequels. But I did like that they kind of like oscillated back and forth between graphic and off camera show the yeah, aftermath. Yeah, yeah. If, if you, it would have been better if if there was only like one or two really graphic deaths because. <laughs> You get numb to them after a while. You know what I mean? Like, I love pieces, but I'm never, like, I never really feel it. You know what I mean? It's just, like, can't be fun to me. But if you have a gory, or if you have a movie with, like, one gory set piece, the fact that it's, like, the rest of it is grounded and suggestive, and then you got one that really, like, <laughs> jolts you. Well, the, the one the one that, that I that I actually really liked was uh, when, um, oh, yeah, that was the other point I wanted to bring up. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But the, uh, the boyfriend of the babysitter when uh, he grabs the kitchen knife and like the implication like he's about to go have a knife fight with Michael Myers and then you just see just what happened to him as a result wall. yeah like that was actually really good I liked that I, I the, what I really liked about that was the tattoo how like, <laughs> that that I actually did like I feel what what are things I, I liked about the movie to be kind to be kind I've yeah, I mean, like, I, I, you, you, I'm sure don't have, you know, anywhere near as much as, as I do. I mean, not that I have a lot, but like, I do think that the Michael Myers stuff was good, and there are some some shots in it that I liked how they they put them together. I like that they didn't explain the bus escape because I felt that was like, you know, actually like enhanced like how like you know, dangerous Michael Myers is that yeah. like, it's left to your imagination to right. figure out how the fuck he, Oh yeah. They just yeah, said, yeah, they yeah, basically yeah. he got out and that's it. That's right. all you need to that, know. That, that's the power of being, <clears throat> of staying ambiguous because once you try to explain things, you try to work it out in your mind. You're like, that sounds dumb or that doesn't work. But if you just leave it like, no, that's what happened. You know, then you start filling in the cracks and you're like, Oh, okay. I guess he's just that fucking good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know one part you did like was the uh, the cop's head turned into a jack o' lantern. Oh yeah, I did like that. 
Yeah, but I mean that's a small thing. But yeah, it was, yeah that was yeah. one of his little his his Halloween. That, I wish I was pranks. Yeah, that he there was did that more of stuff like that. There was the ghost sheet, which you know was just done a as a callback. Yeah, that was so was the kid knifed against the wall. Right, mm-hmm. just fanboy shit. But yeah, the uh, the jack o' lantern decapitated head was was pretty cool. Um, the, what, what I was, was going to bring up the. I think the, the movie would have fared a lot better if it had focused more on the granddaughter and her friends. Yeah. And which I thought it was going to do. I don't understand why they didn't do that. And I also don't understand why the the shitty boyfriend didn't turn up again. Right? Yeah. I like, like that. He, he he didn't turn up to buy it. Like he just apparently I, 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 will go on being a shithead like forever. It seemed now. a little weird, like it was cut out. No, no, yeah. I no, that's fine with me. I, I'm uh, that's seventies horror right there. Like you don't get I your, guess so, yeah. you don't get your. It doesn't happen because like it's not like the fifties EC shit where like yeah. oh you're immoral so you get your justice served. Like no, oh, no, no. This, I, no, I understand it's all that. random. It, it, you know, yeah, I, I get that, but it it's like slasher movie one oh one that normally when oh. a character gets introduced like that they're there to be killed let at me, some point let me uh let me tell you something i did like the the his friend the fat kid mm-hmm. he his face his whole build and everything looks like somebody that should have been in a 1981 <clears throat> slasher movie yes like he and, and he like, had that look yeah there's something like he should have played like the 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 jokester boy who cries wolf character that's in all those movies yeah like shelly and yeah Friday the 13th part three exactly and uh and and he had like he had good um he was likable you know there was a lot of stuff and he even had a good death scene yeah th- that's another thing that I'll, I'll i'll put in the plus column for the movie like the characters are actually all pretty likable they're yeah. they're just like like the the writing i just just lets lets everything down they're, they're just to fill in blanks as opposed to really do anything um, the yeah the 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 babysitter her friend the babysitter and the, mm. and the little kid she babysits they yeah. they were great and that like was a lot of fun and that's the other thing like they just show up just to be babysitting and killed just so they have another throwback to the original like oh the original one has babysitters getting stalked right. and murdered yeah. so we have to have Full that in there stuff, yeah. yeah it's uh, but yeah if it was if if they were the main characters and there was more spooky shit like that. You know, them being stalked and creeped out in a fucking house as opposed to just ham-fisted family is good and forever and we're all strong fucking feel-good bullshit. Like, this is Halloween. You don't fucking do this with Halloween. You do that with... Go do that with True Lies or whatever fucking soft bullshit you want to fucking make. Halloween should be like, no, this is, this is fucking scary. The world's a scary fucking place. You know, you can't. We can't because this is the this is Blumhouse, the, the 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 movie company that can't even make fucking movies where people die. You all turn into ghosts and live happily ever after on the other side. <laughs> fucking weak shit for weak fucking people. I don't think many of them really live happily on the other side. Though they all seem to end up being like oh, no, agonized. No, those are all like well, well. The one thing in all those movies is that like the evil antagonists are were never like they're not ghosts. They were like demons that were never human at one point. They're just evil specters. Well, that's the definition of what a demon. Yeah, is. that's what I mean. So like, but but all like the nice ghosts go get to live in Ghostville and fuck off and 
dumb shit and death isn't scary anymore because uh, there's an afterlife. It's all cute and fucking funny. Talking about ghosts and afterlife, do you want to go into... uh... Oh, speaking of ghost movies, we watched Castle of Blood. So, Joe, why don't you... uh... Yeah, Joe, roll us into Castle of Blood while I pour myself a drink. A journalist meets Edgar Allan Poe and has the audacity to call him out on the authenticity of his stories. A bet is made and he agrees to spend the night on All Hallows, or not All Hallows, All Souls Eve in a supposedly haunted castle. Is there really nothing to fear or has he doomed himself to certain death? Great. Yeah, you poor. What did you think of Castle of Blood? I love Castle of Blood. Um, I watched the uh, the new Blu-ray, hmm. which is very different <laughs> from well, the uh, the the DVD version. Yeah, uh, well, not not very different, but uh, there's a. Uh, like some continuity things that are sort of straightened out that I was like, oh, all right, okay. I'm glad you said that. But nothing like glaring, really. I mean, maybe a little bit, but nothing that would, you know, hinder your watching of the movie otherwise. Because I've seen this before on DVD and then haven't watched it before, but now I I own it, but it's a a supplement on the Nightmare Castle Blu-ray. So... I watched that on that, you know, it's been like 10 years, you know, in preparation of doing this. And I swear to God, it's a little bit different. There was like little things that. Yeah, there are. There are. Okay. So I, I watched different, uh, different cut. Yes. How does it look on Blu-ray? It does. Uh, is it, is it nice and clear? Yeah, it's, uh, it's not, it's not perfect. Like how, like a lot of Blu-rays are like where the shit is like real fucking pristine. It's not quite there, but it looks nice. Cool. Was Definitely it, better than my DVD. Did it look like it was from a scratched up print? That's what mine looked like. Uh, so it probably had a different source. No, it, it it wasn't scratched up, but it just looked like uh, you know they couldn't really do like a a like a real glossy transfer of it. So it still got it still has a little bit of you know rough grain hmm. to it, but. Um, but it looks good. Uh, what? All right. On the credits of this, it says that it's based off of Edgar Allan Poe's story, uh, Dance Macabre. What do, you, what do you think of the Edgar Allan Poe story, Dance Macabre, Joe? I don't recall ever reading an Edgar Allan Poe story named Dance Macabre. Do you want to know why you don't recall ever reading an Edgar Allan Poe story called Dance Macabre? Because I'm pretty sure that he never wrote one. They just made it up so they could say that it was based on an Edgar Allan Poe story. I'm guessing because Barbara Steele is in it as well and um, I'm guessing they did that and put her in it to cash in on the Roger Corman, Vincent Price uh, Poe adaptations. Mm Mm-hmm. Because th- she did this right after Pit and the Pendulum, I think. Yeah, because Pit and the Pendulum was 63, I think. Did you know that Ruggero Diodato, director of Cannibal Holocaust, had to convince Barbara Steele to do this movie? No, I, actually, I did, I did right, not right, know listen, that. Listen, here's, here's a fucking cool story. 
Before doing this movie, she had just done Eight and a Half, the movie directed by Federico Fellini, and she was kind of like overdoing horror movies. Um, Pitting the Pendulum is 61, actually, by the oh, way. Oh, okay. Good. Anyway, um, uh, so Rugger Diodato actually convinced her to do it, but Federico Fellini showed up because he had like a thing for Barbara Steele and was very jealous of other men being around her. And when he came to her apartment, Rugger Diodato had to hide under her bed because he didn't want Fre- Federico Fellini to catch him hanging out with her. I don't, I don't have the details of that, but that's I just know that's, that's a true story. That's actually not the only Cannibal Holocaust connection to Castle of Blood. What, what's the other Cannibal Holocaust connection? Did you see who did the soundtrack? Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot it. Riz Ortolini. Yes. Is that, is that how he pronounces it? I, I always butcher those fucking names. The Italian names. I kind of wish that, you know, we should just call them by their names on the American posters. Like Lucio Fulci's <laughs> Louis Fuller. Mar- Antonio Margheriti is Anthony Dawson. It's so much easier for me. But uh, anyway, just just to get out, I, we were just talking about the transfer, which everybody will probably get bored hearing about. But anyway, uh, I really enjoy this movie. And it is very typical of its genre. But it's like eating, it's like getting that meal that you fucking like you like and and somebody just did it perfectly you know what i mean like like a, a grilled cheese sandwich with a tomato in it you know it's simple you've had it a million times before but for some reason this person just makes that perfect grilled cheese with a tomato in it <laughs> like the gothic castle is it a castle or a mansion looks more like a mansion than a, it yeah looks like a bit of both to me for yeah yeah it has a crypt and everything. Well, anyway, like that gate looks like terrific. It's like my favorite one of like any of these movies. Really? I mean, like uh, it's hard to pick a favorite one, but I, there's something about this one. Um, and what's really funny was, all right, the movie, the set is this creepy ass gothic fucking mansion or castle, whatever you want to call it, villa. Um. The reason this movie was made was because that set was made for a comedy that was shot right before this movie. Uh, Sergio Corbucci, the guy who did Django, The Great Silence, you know, all them, uh, Campaneros, uh, he made a comedy. And then they're like, use The Monk of Monza. What? The Monk of Monza. What's The Monk of Monza? That's the name of the movie. Oh, wow, you have this. Oh, okay. You knew that. Well, I didn't write that down. I just know that Toto did it. Yeah, I, I, I was just throwing it out there since you brought it up. I oh, mentioned. I, well, anyway, I but, but Sergio Corbucci was uh, was he was even going to direct it, but he had to drop out. So he got <laughs> Antonio Margariti to quote Inglorious Bastards. He did direct something. He directed a scene so the movie wouldn't go over schedule. Whoa, we're all good. It's a table wrapping. <laughs> It's the 2 a.m. Oh, board. actually, I do have that here, too. He shot the scene where Elizabeth is stabbed by the gardener in a yes. jealous rage. Yes. And uh, this was shot like a television show where they just put, they, they, they framed the scene and they did like four, uh, they put four cameras at once. Yeah, it, it kind of feels like it. And I feel like it actually works to the movie's advantage that it was done that way. It kind of reminds me of like, um, not that it's, you know, that it visually necessarily 
is exactly the same but like i kind of feel like it's almost like a an ultra aggressive episode of dark shadows sort of that's that's a great way to describe this actually i mean it has like the the I wouldn't say eroticism because this and dark shit. Well, I guess well, for its time. it kind of yeah, does. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I I guess I, I always think of today with like a modern day eye that I'm. It, you know, it's timid, but yeah, for its time for the '60s, Dark Shadows was the '70s, right? No, '60s. Was it '60s? Yeah. The um, movies came. Yeah, came out in the '60s. Later. I I I think some of the show bled into the 70s but it started in the 60s because they were still in black and white i like how the vampires have to are like they practice vampirism like like it gives them more of a uh a physical presence the fact that they're not like these ghostly specters they like they're people and they need to drink your fucking blood so that they can come back to life the next year and it just like keeps going on like that that was really unique it was interesting to this movie because i had a while i was watching this i was trying to figure out if they were ghosts or if they were vampires yeah yeah like they're I would forget, you know, and then they would t- mention the blood and yeah. they showed one scene where the big muscly guy is feeding on one of the, uh, the, the yeah, d- d- well, well, there is a ghost aspect to it because we have like, they go through like the whole like residual oh, yeah, haunting thing. Stuff, yeah. 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 They turn into fog so they can get through. The- oh, I think they are ghosts. They just happen to have that vampire that element thirst for them. blood. You know, yeah, yeah. I think I I like it too. It works. It's more than just like ghosts just showing up and being spooky. Like it, there, there are there. Right, but there's also a threat. Right, but there's also like the whole like it playing out, like they're reliving the things that oh, happened yeah, as well cool too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I well, you know, I kind of I kind of put this. I, I like how this movie has a Lucho Fulci element where it's very nightmare logic. You know what I mean? If you're gonna if you're gonna really think about it it kind of falls apart but if you just ride the movie which is it's what 85 minutes it's quick yeah Yeah. it works out really well and i love that premise even though i think even by this point had been done a lot where you get paid to see if you can survive staying in a house yeah Yeah. like i know house on haunted hill i'm sure there's like 20 ghost stories from like the 19th century that do that that start that way yeah they, i mean that's like the general premise you yeah. have to stay in this haunted house to, to to get collect you know this amount of money and I, that's just one of those delicious fucking premises that i would never get sick of like they can make one of these movies every 10 years and i'll be like yeah i'm down I, I always felt like for some reason i really liked the guy who 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 plays edgar Allan poe and i don't know why like he doesn't really look like him or anything, but for some reason, I uh, or the fact that Poe never went to Europe. Yeah, well, that's a whole other thing. But like, I I, I don't know. I just for for some reason, I I just like ever since the first time I saw it, like I just really liked him, I, and I don't know you what, know what that what, is. What I really like about him, I like how they changed the fact that Edgar Allan Poe isn't a a fantasy writer. He just happens to witness supernatural events and then and writes, about writes them, them. As, as stories. And when you first meet him at that bar, he gets that like melancholy quality that Poe has, but rather than like the real reason Poe was just an alcoholic that was missed his <laughs> dead cousin slash wife 
it's just like, oh no, he just knows all these horrible secrets about the universe and it just like <laughs> eats away at him. That's kind of like 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 we're we're like we're melding Poe and, and HP Lovecraft together. Yeah, yeah. Um Do you know Anton Chekhov would have hated this movie? Why are we bringing up Anton Chekhov? Andrew, do you know why Anton Chekhov would have hated this movie? No. Go ahead and tell me. All right. So, in the within the first five minutes, he's into that haunted castle, mansion, villa, whatever. You see a gun or multiple guns hanging up on the wall, and they're never fired. Chekhov's gun. Chekhov's gun. Yep. If you have a gun hanging up in the first act, it must be fired by the third act hmm. or in the following act. That's the point of setting something up for it to be used. I feel like that. At least, at least you knew Chekhov's gun. I could count on you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew thought I was talking about fucking Star Trek. <laughs> I'm like something about Wessels. <laughs> 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 that's actually what, one of my favorite ones by the way like i always get looked at like i'm nuts whenever i say that four was one of my one of my favorites but so anyway all right all right so to watch this i watched a few other barbara Steele movies i watched the long hair of death which is another one antonio margariti directed it has a similar scene um okay in castle of blood you see the one guy he's the one he's the ghost that kind of talks uh uh the main character and tells him what's going on like these people are trapped here for eternity to relive their like last minutes of their life and then they need to drink blood to survive to so they can go on and do it the next year and um well you see him and he goes down in the crypt and this is when he was alive you see like his story and he opens up this crypt and he sees this this corpse just wisp away into this creepy fog until it you know turns into somebody that gets him. In Long Hair of Death, a similar thing happens. This guy is uh, he has this woman burned, accused as a witch, but she says she's going to have her vengeance, even though she's not a witch. So I don't know how she was planning on doing that. Well, later on in the movie, he goes down in the crypt and looks at her, you know, remains. And they all start moving. Like she's like about to get up. Her chest starts moving. Like she's breathing. The the the, the jaw of the skull opens, and the guy freaks out and he runs. And you watch him run through this creepy crypt. And the camera goes back to this to this body that's moving around. There's a nest of rats inside oh, the yeah. body that's making it look like it's moving. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that's, that's such so a cool. fucking cool little yeah. bit in this movie. But um, have you seen the Long Hair of Death? I have, but it's been forever, it's, and, and 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 the version that I saw was probably cut to fuck. Too. Oh yeah, I, I have the Blu-ray of it that Raro put out, and it's actually really it's just as good as Castle of Blood. It uh, a lot to like. It has like a diabolic kind of quality to mm-hmm. it, and it also has a Wicker Man ending that's like fucking really cool, and it. It's like Castle of Blood, where it's like it's not doing anything like groundbreaking or original, but it just serves you that meal you like really well that you just can't help but uh, but uh, enjoy it. 
And the other Barbara Steele movie I watched was Terror Creatures from the Grave, mm-hmm. aka Five Graves for the Medium, mm-hmm. which I probably will get shit for this. Is probably my favorite of them. There is so much to like about that movie. It is, it's a quick eighty-four minute fucking movie that deals with like ghostly vengeance, plague spreading, zombie specters. Like there's this like corpse cart that you never see, but you always hear it like creeping around the town. Uh, a, a phonograph where this guy, like this medium, left all these creepy messages that you like hear throughout the movie. It, they're Oh, it's just so fucking good. And it's gory, too. It's like 1964, and it has, like, I mean, like, I know Herschel Gordon-Lewis was around at the time, and he was doing splatter movie stuff, but this movie has stuff like that. Like, you you watch a guy get gutted and his entrails fall out, and, like, that shit that didn't come around until, like, the 70s, like, the late 70s, but now this movie was doing it. But not only that, it's just, it's got a delicious atmosphere, uh, a creepy, just... What's the word I'm looking for? There's an aura of just like perfect, eerie, gothic horror mixed with like is there a, a legit menace. Is there like a nice release for that at this no, point? No, that was another one where like Castle of Blood, it was the supplement on the Nightmare Castle Blu-ray I have. Okay. I, I, I remember terror creatures being like, I've... If I I remember being one of the better ones from those like alpha DVDs yeah, that I yeah. got, grabbed a long time ago, but it has a very convenient. It would be nice to have you know a better yeah you know, presentation get, of it. It looks nice, like just, like this and Castle of Blood. They were both used from a print that was like really scratched up. Uh, I think they were both like the U.S. cuts too, but. Uh, you know it's funny. I both I watched both these movies on the Nightmare Castle Blu-ray. I never watched Nightmare Castle. I'm probably gonna have to fix that tonight. <laughs> Wait, you didn't actually watch Nightmare Castle? No, no. I just watched the two <laughs> supplemental movies so I could do the. All right. I mean, I, I I know I have to. I'm definitely gonna do it before Halloween's up because I'm, I'm on a Barbara Steele kick. I've never seen Curse of the Crimson Altar, which I'm gonna watch very soon too. Actually, you did. Which is pretty funny. Wait, they, I have? Yes, you did. When did I watch Curse of the Crimson Altar? <laughs> it was one of the ones that we watched uh, at my apartment one of the nights that you were there. Are you serious? Yeah. Why do I not remember this? I remember watching Grave of the Vampire. Yes, we did watch that. I think that might have been the same night, okay. actually. I remember watching... Slithis. That was a different night. Yeah, I know, but I re- I'm, try- I'm just going through the movies I can't yes. remember watching there. Grave of the Vampire, Slithis. Oh, fuck. Did I? Was it good? I liked it, right? I, maybe not. If I don't remember. Yeah, but that, that's why I'm laughing, because obviously you didn't absorb it if you forgot that you even saw wow, it. Wow, and that's like surprising <laughs> for me, because I have that like Asperger's fucking well, encyclopedia we, movie. Well, we were like pretty tired by that okay, point, so yeah. you it, it might you you might have only been like half conscious for okay. most of it. I think I, I think we watched um, From Beyond the Grave was yes. one of the ones we watched. Yes, that's the first time I've ever seen that. Uh... I'm pretty sure that was that night. I can't remember what else we watched. This oh, 
the other one I remember we watched uh, the Slithus was the um, uh, what's the fuck um, what was it uh, Dr. Death oh yeah that you know what Dr. Death I need to give Dr. Death a revisit because I, I remember too. liking the it the only thing I remember about Dr. Death is he looks like a well groomed Coffin Joe yeah <laughs> All right, so let's get back on track here. More Castle of Blood. Uh, this movie was remade as Web of the Spider, mm-hmm. and Claus- which I've I, I I didn't even know that that when well, did that existed. Nineteen seventy. It's in it's in color and everything. Um, that movie only exists on really bad bootleg like VHS rips. However, the guy from Exhumed Films, his little company just released it on blu-ray with diabolic dvd no um oh yeah what's the other one garage house i think it's called is that what it's called i only know diabolic yeah, well they no have that's not company. a yeah diabolic's just their distribution company it's like where they sell movies i want to say garage house i could be wrong well anyway claus claus kinski plays fucking edgar Allan poe how how fucked okay. up and cool is that <laughs> And and suitable. They both had a taste for thirteen year olds, so mm. Yeah, it is Garage House. Garage House. Um And the guy from Tenebrae plays the lead. Okay. But apparently Antonio Margariti hates it. He uh he claims it the color and everything just ruins everything that makes it makes the original work which i can see but i kind of do want to see the 70s version of this movie well, uh, which brings up something that, that that i had on on my paper which he seems like he's of two minds on castle of blood because i saw that quote where he was saying that it took everything in castle of blood and like ruined it and essentially then, and, but he also talked shit on castle of blood. yeah but he also says castle of blood is boring yeah you know, I didn't. Uh, I was afraid Castle of Blood was going to be b- boring watching this movie, and at the very beginning, you know, uh, you had him, main character, walking through the house for a long time. Yeah, and that's yeah. the only part that I actually really found boring because once all the spooky things started happening, it, yeah, it f- cut my interest it, the entire time. It was fantastic, and and it, and it never really stops either once it starts. You yeah, know, that, that that as soon as really like he hears that harpsichord playing or, or the the mm-hmm. piano in the in the ballroom, it just it's always something around the corner from then on. Yeah. Do Do you have anything about the uh, Barbara Steele Mario Bava? sort of like falling out as a result of her doing you know movies not with him no no I did not know about that I forget where it came up maybe it was in one of the commentaries that Tim Lucas did but I think like she started you know doing um, like other Italian horror movies and Bava was kind of like Jealous. she worked with the the gate the greats um, Ricardo Frida and Antonio Margheriti and Mario Bava like who is there anybody else of like that genre I like I think he felt like a little like he was like like hey like you know we were we were we were we were gonna do things together um and he said, like, he always regretted, like, that he never, like, 
um, casted her again because she said she had the perfect face oh, for, yeah. for 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 my movies, and he he he. Yeah, looking back on it, he he wishes he he hadn't held the grudge about it. Can we just talk about Barbara Steele for a minute? Yes. What a f- fucking unique person! Like just like her look completely. Like how would you how would you describe how Barbara Steele looked? I don't know. I had yeah. a feeling that this question was going to come up, and I tried <laughs> to think, and I can't. It's think of anything. Like she has an angelic look, but like a. St- Stony look too, yeah. kind of like a surprised look sometimes. Yeah. Uh, See, you say angelic, I say the complete opposite, like demonic. Yeah, <laughs> like like, like no. she looks like 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 a face that's like all at once like sweet, but mm-hmm. that could like turn on oh. you like at any moment. She looks like if Vampira really was evil. Yeah. You know, like uh, it, I'm surprised they never got her to play like a Gorgon or something, or like you know, or the Hydra. What is it, what is the the Gorgon's the one that makes you, your, turns you into stone. You mean Medusa? Like Medusa? Medusa, yeah. yeah. But she was a Gorgon, right? Yes. Okay, okay. As long as I got my... In this movie, Go back, she watch is the a, Gorgon. I know. <laughs> In this movie, she's quite nice. And, well, actually... Yeah, she, she's, you know, she's the... She's, um... She's actually the the uh, there's there's a good role reversal at the end where the man's the damsel in distress and she rescues him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, depending on what movie you're watching, you can see she either she can do, you know, the sweet character, or she can be the, you know, health and mm-hmm. evil character. And, and like, yeah, you know, here 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 we the, the rabbit holes about to be what, Black you, Sunday be suck, sucking us yeah. down. Black Sunday, you get to She's see both. her do both. <laughs> yeah, Black uh, Sunday is her best movie. Black Sunday's fucking. One of the greatest movies ever made. Shut up. <laughs> what was that? It's Alexa. She heard something and wanted to chime in. So you have a machine that just listens to us talk. Yep. That's not the thing we're recording on. Right. <laughs> it only gets it just sits there and waits. Wait, wait, watch. Alexa, what do you know about Black Sunday? Black Sunday refers to a particularly severe dust storm that occurred on April 14, 1935, as part of the Dust Bowl. I guess that Alexa, what do you know about Black Sunday the movie? If she says the Bruce Dern one, she's she gets thrown Black out the fucking Sunday window. Black Sunday is a 1977 drama film starring Robert Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> out the fucking window, bitch. Alexa. Shut up. At least she shuts up when you tell her to shut up. Um, That's horrifying. <laughs> it only is supposed to be activated when you say her name, but sometimes she hears something that may sound like her name and she'll, you know. But anyway. Um, just go back to... For, <laughs> do you think George Orwell, when he wrote 1984, thought that people were actually going to buy the weird fucking spooky government listening in shit? Like he just did. You, that's scary. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't have anything to really listen to, so um, to listen to. You got a whole fucking no. I mean, like, I, I, I mean, right there. Anything the government would want to listen in on. Oh yeah. Oh no no. Yeah. I, when I'm <laughs> when, just kids got like a killer death metal <laughs> fucking collection. When I uh, 
<laughs> when when I when I rub one out, I purposely turn my computer laptop on the the, the, the camera the camera on, like so whoever has everyone. to like watch me has to watch that. Get to they get like a front row view. Yeah, <laughs> I stand up, you know, and everything. Uh, all right, before we uh, go off on another tangent, or before we move on to the next movie. I just just want really very quickly since we're we brought up Black Sunday and we can't just let it pass without just talking about it for a minute. Uh, how fucking amazing is Black Sunday? It's 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 like perfect. I like Black Sunday more than Black Sabbath, and I know that's an unpopular opinion, but I do. And no, I I I wouldn't begrudge that. Um. Do you have any any recollection of the first viewing that you had of Black Sunday? I do. I was very young. I was 14. And I watched it because I knew it was one of those movies that were like really important. You had to watch, you know, and uh, I really dug it. And like I was I was like because when I was like young, young, I just watched more up-to-date horror movies like like 70s and 80s horror and like i was always kind of weary to watch the old black and white ones because i knew they were slower they didn't have you know as much tna or splatter but i was getting out of that you know by the time i was in like eighth grade i started watching like the universal movies and stuff and uh for some weird reason we had a blockbuster account which uh we never, it was far away, so I don't know why we did. I think my dad just wanted to try it out. And I went into their horror section, which is fucking barren yeah. for reasons we won't go into. Everybody knows Blockbuster video was fucking cancer. Um, <laughs> but one of them, what the only horror movie that I hadn't seen or was interested in renting was that. And I, and I watched it. And I remember getting a real kick out of the bat in the beginning. <laughs> oh, yeah. The very phony the vampire bat. Yeah. Although to be fair, I've, I've I feel like I've seen worse when it comes to phony bats. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I do too. Hang on, hang on. Let's pause and try to think. I think it was. Oh, oh, I like how they did say. It I was, think I think it's not as bad as the bat from Suspiria, which oh, had a lot, yeah. had a bigger budget than this. <laughs> well, he like calls it like he doesn't. Even, it's like not supposed to be a normal bat. So I guess maybe that was just like convenient. It was just some giant. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, it, it, it was the. Uh, the rare uh, stage theater rat, uh, bat, <laughs> and 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 speaking of budgets, Black Sunday was the only movie that Mario Bava directed where he had a proper dolly system. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. The, in every other movie, his dolly setup is his uh, grandmother's tea cart. That's incredible. And like some little device he rigged up to sit on top of it. Not only is Black Sunday, I like Black Sunday more than Black Sunday. I feel like Black Sunday is my favorite one. I love Planet of the Vampires, but Black Sunday is better than Planet of the Vampires. Well, like favorite Baba. Yeah. yeah. I, lo I love Bay of Blood, but I like Black Sunday more. I love uh, Kidnapped slash Rabbit Dogs. That, that movie is so good, and that it's a shame really that it's kind of like like it. I mean, it's not so much languishing in obscurity now, but it's still. I feel like it's if, very like if, unknown if, and underrated. If that movie got the release it, it deserved, it, it I think it would have like revamped his career 
honestly. Do you know the story behind Rabbit Dogs slash Kidnapped? What was it first, Rabbit Dogs or Kidnapped, the title? I think it was Rabbit Dogs first. All right, so Mario Bava makes this fucking tense, real-time kidnapping crime film. I mean, it's, like, sweaty and tense. It's uh, a very, like, last house on the left sort of vibe. And the real time thing is 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 neat because it's not like they don't like make like uh, a point to call attention to it. Yeah. Really, you just it's like one horrible day for these people, mm-hmm. and uh, it's great. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. I can't tell you too much about the plot without giving certain things away that are excellent. But the um, uh. What was it? The one financer went bankrupt, and the bank took the 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 negative, the film negative. Yep. So the movie could not be finished, and then it wasn't worked on until what? Mario Bava is long dead, and his son finished the movie, and then it was finally released as the second title. It's known as which is either Kidnapped or Rabbit Dogs. For right now, it escapes me which which the original title was. Do we have anything else we want to say about Castle of Blood or Barbara Steele? It was good. I met Barbara Steele at a convention. She, oh. was, she was very nice. So anyway, uh, Barbara Steele worked on a movie with Don <laughs> Shut Siegel. Shut up, Joe, about your story. <laughs> uh, 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 um, Barbara Steele worked on... All right, let me tell you something about Barbara Steele. Oh, wait, and I actually just thought of one more. For, okay, no, go, go ahead. You go, you go. You no, go, no. Mine go. goes on for a bit. All right, so Barbara Steele, you know, she's from England. <laughs> um, um, she wanted to be a painter, and she went to an art school. The art school was a very unorthodox place. Now, keep in mind, this is England in the 1950s. Uh, there isn't a person there, teachers included, that was over the age of 25, Everybody showered together. You know, there was no, like, dorm rooms or anything. Everybody just kind of lived together. It was, like, this, like, free-flowing hippie commune. And she... I, I, I listened to her talk to, about this in an interview, and she was like, you know, nowadays, you know, it's a lot more liberal in the world, but in the 50s in England, this was just, like, fucking outer space. And uh, to make money on the side, she did uh, plays, she would do plays in the summer and that's where she got discovered and she signed the contract and they worked her uh, and she did like little bit parts here and there until she got in a movie directed by Don Siegel uh, starring Elvis Presley. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that Don Siegel was the director of this movie. Well, apparently she plays somebody that's attacked by Native Americans and then has to wander out in the desert looking for help. Well, when they get her in costume and everything, she looks like perfectly fine. So she's like, Oh, I'm gonna like do some like method acting. I'm gonna get like I'm gonna throw like mud on myself and dirty myself up. Which sent the director in a fucking rage because apparently after, you know, you're attacked by Indians and fucking wandering out in the desert. To be you're perfect. Supposed, yeah, you're supposed to look, you know, gorgeous. Uh it it he had such a meltdown that affected her that she took a plane to New York and made them beg for her to come back. And I don't think she did. Is it she did not. She did not. So she says she's never going to do the movie business again, anything like that. Well, she gets call from Mario Bava to come to Italy to do a, a horror movie. So she figures, what the hell? And she goes to Italy and she falls in love with the place. You know, everything like that. 
And she starts doing horror movies. And that's how Barbara Steele, the Barbara Steele we know, is born. To to bring it, uh, not full circle, but to relate it to our last episode with Witchfinder General and Michael Reeves, Barbara Steele appears in Michael Reeves' first movie, She Beast. Oh, yeah. And Don Siegel, as we mentioned on the episode, if you've heard it, was Michael Reeves, you know, was all about Whoa, Don Siegel. Oh, yeah. So they uh, they were doing She-Beast, and they had enough money to hire her for one day. And Michael Reeves was like, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll get it done in a day. But her day was like... 18 hours yeah, yeah, or something yeah, yeah. and uh, a I, I think they said like she was you know annoyed but also kind of like yeah uh, very very clever of you sir you know like she did not enjoy working the long hours but also just sort of felt like well i can't really argue it either yeah so, technically right yeah, it is a day she got his money's worth right i feel like with these low budget productions that was just a part of the thing like you the long yeah. days were the norm you get abused yeah. yeah right but she was a notable person at that that's point true. So that's true she you know probably felt like maybe those days were over what was her last horror movie? Well, I mean, I know she's showed up and stuff later on, but of like the 60s, of her like first run of doing horror movies. Uh, I don't know. Might have been Crimson Altar, maybe. It could be. We can and, look that up. Um, um, have you ever heard the story with her and David Cronenberg during when they made Shivers? I want to say yes, but I'm not recalling the story. All right. So, first of all, he gets he convinces her to be in his low budget monster movie, his low budget Canadian monster movie, by showing up randomly showing up to her house in Malibu with a bunch of flowers because like he was like in love with her, like as like a fan, not like as a stalker. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she's like, you know, I can't say no. Like I'm going to do this. Then. Um, when they're making the movie there's another actress in the movie and she couldn't cry like other actresses she had to actually be slapped and uh, she told David Cronenberg slap me it's okay I won't take it personally or anything just slap me you know and he did like he was he, he didn't like doing it and he <laughs> was against it at first but eventually like they had to get oh, the okay. scene done Barbara Steele witnesses David Cronenberg manhandling this woman and threatens to quit and throws a whole thing. And David Cronenberg and this actress had to come. He's like, no, he needs to slap me so I can fake cry for the scene. And that probably had to be a very (laughs) awkward fucking day. Yeah. Just give up, Joe. She's in one of the Dark Shadows movies in like the 80s. I remember. we're, We're saying Crimson Altar. It's Crimson Cult. Curse of the Crimson Cult? It's just the Crimson Cult. No. Curse of the Crimson Altar. <coughs> no, you're right, but that's how the title I know is Curse of the Crimson Altar. Look up Cur- Curse of the Crimson Altar. But Crimson Cult is actually her the last of her 60s. Oh, you're right. Front, so 
I accidentally stumbled into that one. Apparently, she was on an episode of Night Gallery. I don't think I ever saw whatever one that is. Curse of the Crimson. Please let me be right. Please let me be right. Curse of the Crimson Altar, 1968 film. Is it the same movie, or were we talking two different movies? No, it's the same movie. Same movie. Oh, okay. An expert in the supernatural collects torture devices and helps a man exact revenge on the descendants of those responsible for burning his ancestor at the stake. That sounds like a Barbara fucking Steele movie if I ever heard one. she in Hercules in the Haunted World? I think she's a character in Hercules in the Haunted World, too. Is she? I have not seen that since we saw that Exhumed film. So what was it, year three? At like four in the morning or something? Yeah. All right. Is there anything we, else we want to say about... Um, Castle of Blood. No. I guess not. Joe, is, is there anything? I'm, I know the phone is pressing. No, I'm. I'm he literally. I'm just looking up Hercules in a Haunted World. I well, I had to uh, look at. It. Oh yeah, I'm here, sure here. Let's make it a rule: no cell phones. We have to. We can only talk shit we know, and if we don't, we have to like fucking like figure it out for ourselves. Okay. I yeah, but that's so much. Yeah, but for for a listener who maybe is curious, it's nice to have that. That's true. Well, how about just how about we just have it so that one person has a phone. For you know that purpose, yeah. Okay, okay, Joe, you be the designated All right. person, you're faster with that. But I mean, yeah, people can look shit up, you know, that's true. I, I, ju- I just feel like it's it, it, it just gets in the way. I like the idea of like, like, oh, if we got it wrong, we got it wrong, we're having a discussion, we're not like fucking you know, writing a book, yeah, it doesn't have to be perfect. Moving on, like, and like we always let it know. We we don't just say something like and act like it's a fact. We're always kind of just like, yeah, we think it's like the early seventies or something. Yeah. We don't actually know anything. I don't. I've never watched a movie in my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of incompetence, uh, Lady Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if this was going to be one of those things where we're we're going to be dueling on it, but I pra- apparently not. Um, Go I'm ahead, reading Joe. your notes already. <laughs> I just see the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Yeah, because yeah. I, I have some nice things to say, though. Intro me. All right, Joe, tell us what Lady Frankenstein is about. Tanya, the daughter of Baron Frankenstein, arrives fresh from medical school and joins in on her father's reanimation antics. Soon they are successful but the ecstasy is short-lived when the creature kills the Baron and goes on a murderous rampage. Undaunted, however, Tanya is dead set on putting her knowledge to further and more depraved, nefarious use. Fuck this movie. <laughs> really? Okay, I'm going I'm to I'm go nice. I think this movie starts off fun, and then once Joseph Cotton, who for some reason's in this fucking movie, yes, the man from Citizen Kane... The Third Man, uh, Shadow of a Doubt, which was Alfred Hitchcock's favorite movie of his. Um, Alfred Hitchcock's favorite movie of Alfred Hitchcock, I should say, not of yes. Joseph Cotton. Magnificent Amberson. What other uh, uh, classic uh, cinema? You, you hit all the ones that I can think of off the top of my oh, head. Oh, I was, I was surprised you didn't say Baron Blood. Well, I don't. I wouldn't count that. But. I wouldn't either. Um, but... Uh, 
when he's in the movie, which is like the first hour, or first 45 minutes, it's good. It's just like when uh, I, I had not seen this movie before, but I always heard about it. And I always imagined it was going to be like a sleazy, just Franco sexploitation Frankenstein movie. And no, it's actually like, it's. it reminds me a lot of like Count Yorga, where it's just like this movie or like that classic thing updated for like early 70s drive-in cinema except for it's not modern times it's yeah, still it's a period still, piece yeah. but it still has that like it's a little bit more gruesome it's uh, you a know lot more tits and yeah and uh but it's played pretty straight it's not like treated like a joke and and i love like and the, that's part of the problem i like the the laboratory uh especially like the music with the laboratory like experiment scenes and stuff like that uh you get to watch joseph cotton the guy from citizen kane like take a brain out of a mannequin you know there's there's stuff to to that that's you know old classic 70s drive-in movie grew and shit like that but yeah once joseph cotton's character dies the movie just slumbers away through fucking frankenstein movie tropes and cliches until it just peters out yeah yeah it's weird it's 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 just kind of uh it's like a Frankenstein monster just running around killing people. Meanwhile, some weird like sexual plot of like yeah. putting a smart person's brain inside a mentally yeah. challenged but physically attractive person's body. And and uh, which could have been like a cool subversive weird sex movie plot. I feel like it was going in it, that direction. It should have, you know? but it just never really went too far with it. There's a lot of like the Peter Cushing movies that do, that do that like uh like Frankenstein created woman um that's the one where correct me if I'm wrong cuz it's been years Joe but uh a guy gets executed and his brain Dr. Frankenstein puts his brain in the body of like the his girlfriend who died and yeah. he so it's a him it's he he's in his girlfriend's body and uses her sexual sexuality to lure the people that blackmailed him and got him killed to their doom, hmm. which is like has that weird like psychosexual kind of fucking thing going on there. But uh, it explores that a lot more. Um, this movie, it's just kind of like a part of the plot and never really like gets so like, anywhere, yeah, yeah, or it doesn't really get like weird with it, like has fun with it. It just <laughs> like go, it's just matter of fact. And the Frankenstein's monster that's in the countryside killing people is just like randomly, it's like watching like the incredible melting man or something where like he just wanders down the woods and then stumbles upon somebody and kills them like it doesn't i i know lady frankenstein's not going to have the pathos of the original frankenstein novel where like he's going to like feel self-loathing and hatred for his creator and stuff but i was hoping it would do something a little bit more than that no instead he just walks around just killing people and then kind of like shimmy walking along like he walks like george jefferson it's very funny he looks like um the sequel to the amazing colossal man when he's all like scarred up and fucked up well his head too like why did they ever go over why his head was so like did they get like a giant brain to put in his head no they just made him grotesque for yeah. no reason yeah. it looks like something off of, well, like, he, well, he got hit, well his face burned in the beginning like a guy yeah, yeah, he's talking, he's about, talking the about the size of the, of the oh, yeah. fucking melon yeah, on yeah his, but I guess I, I guess head. if you get head <laughs> surgery when you get your like your skull cap 
fucking sawn off and brains put in like it may might come look a little enlarged I mean, a princess Some daughter heir. seemed to do it fine who oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah she was much better than he was at the job that's what i'm saying is like that they just try to cram this giant oversized brain i don't know when when this came on i knew it was an italian movie so i got really surprised when i saw the new world logo which was italian roger american Corman's. co-production well, well what happened what because new world was roger corman after he left aip he right. did, and it was for like the seventies and the eighties. Well, what happened was they they were making it, and then um, the budget ran out, and New World came in and gave them like the last like ninety grand. But uh, the guy, I forget what character he is he is in from Little Shop of Horrors. This is actually his directorial uh, debut. I might, or maybe not his debut, but like it was. It, it, yeah, it's he did it. it. Right. And hopefully, maybe this is his debut and finale. <laughs> Not really much to say about Lady Frankenstein. Well, what what did you like about it? Like I said, I liked the sets and stuff, like especially the la- laboratory and all the stuff with the Baron and the, and like the Burke and Hare characters and stuff. Like the first forty five minutes, I actually enjoyed. Oh, just with them bringing the body. Yeah, yeah it's that just was like cool. there's nothing in there that I haven't seen a million times before. But it was just like yeah. nice seeing it. You know, I know I say this every fucking time we do this, but I like looking at these weird, gruesome horror movies with that seventies lo fi grunge. You know, I can just if they're not fucking boring and useless, they're like I can I can get down with them. And that's what's this movie. I know you guys don't like it, but it's not very boring. I would say I wouldn't say it's boring. I I I think at the second half is probably because like it's one of those movies which is like the cardinal sin of a lot of these fucking movies where you're watching. You have the 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 police captain character, mm-hmm. and he's wandering around in scenes trying to figure out what the audience knew no, before right. yeah. they even walked in the movie theater. Right. You know, I, I don't know. Why I still don't think it was, so many of those. it would, it, but it, that wasn't solely it. You know, it wasn't him just trying to figure it out. Uh, it was almost like there, there was another element of them getting caught. Yeah, today, you know? ab- absolutely. But it, it just, there was something, I think the movie just ran out of steam. I don't know. How it, they, yeah. Go. It kind of just was wandering around like, after the second half. The the Baron doing his best to create his make his mad concept come to life <laughs> is always my favorite part of the Frankenstein story. I yeah. loved that. Mad and you got it so early story. on. Yeah, and and it's done well. Like I enjoy. Yeah. Like I like I know I said it three times, but like the, I like the first half of the movie, and then it just it just. What about you, Joe? Do you do you at least like the first half? Like, do you like the Joseph Cotton in the lab? I was done with it like twenty minutes into well, okay. the movie. I was a little and, bit more forgiving. And and and, and what what was, I actually thought that I had seen this movie before, and then I watched it and I realized that I actually only knew like a couple of parts. So I don't think I have actually seen the movie until I just watched it, but. It did not do anything for me. I, well, actually, that's that's a lie. What it what it did do for me is make me appreciate <laughs> just how good other adaptations of Frank the Frankenstein Frank. story are because 
what you were saying how like instead of it being like a bonkers like kind of like let's really fuck with the formula type of movie yeah it should have been that because them playing it straight more or less worked completely against it oh, yeah. because there was no one in this movie yeah to carry the movie like joseph cotton though you know all all due respect um you know i, I you can you know talk about his you know past glories and whatnot but you know when it comes to doing these horror movies that he fell into somewhere along the line and <laughs> never got out you know he's not peter cushing oh yeah and it it just you know it, it, i i got to stop saying that but it it makes uh yeah it it made me realize like how formulaic this story is like in all its like no matter what you do with it it's always really the same story mm-hmm. which is which is fine like uh, the, that's not like you know like a lot of things are the same thing over and over again but if it's done well you don't care and <laughs> this was a, nah. an instance of where it it, it was not yeah it wasn't done well they enough went for their, me yeah when i when i say play it straight i meant i meant more like it took itself seriously that's what i'm saying yeah and, and you could yeah, do that's that what and, play it yeah. straight yeah, i know but but i mean like <laughs> I, i'm just saying like you could do play it straight and still be bonkers because even if you play it straight it's still about a fucking mad scientist using right. pieces of dead people to make a crazy yeah well monster. they needed to really fucking i know but, but i mean up. to be to be fair uh, we do have Flesh for Frankenstein, which is that movie, and it's never going to be topped. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I mean, it's, it's it would be fun to see them try. Otto, put me down. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be fun. It would be more fun to see them try to make a outrageous Frankenstein movie than like a serious adaptation. Like I guess they they attempted to. Do. Yeah, you you either need to do it. When they don't have the means, you know? like you, you either have to do it like, all right, we're gonna really bring Mary Shelley to life, yeah, or you have to do Flesh for Frankenstein. Yeah. It doesn't like you can't middle spell, of yeah, the road it, and that's exactly what this movie is, right? I, like, I, I, like I, you, you can't middle of the road it and not have the people you need to make that work if it's gonna work because it has no one that's gonna yeah, make it work. Because Curse of Frankenstein, I mean, for its time, it, it was pretty intense. But, I mean, nowadays, it's pretty tame. But it doesn't follow Shelley at all. Or even the original James Whale Frankenstein doesn't really follow Shelley at all. Yeah, well, I mean, the book is, like, far more um, upsetting yeah. than, than any of the movie adaptations. The, um, so, like, like I said, you can just take the basic premise and not go too bonkers and still make a damn good solid movie i love i love the hammer frankensteins and the and the universal yeah because you have quality actors yeah, yeah, yeah. selling you the material and it works and instead no, I mean, just quality act quality cinema i mean yeah well yeah I'm, james whale and course. terrence fisher were 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 among the best but instead especially bride of frankenstein Instead, we have like weird, the little over, shop of horrors. over over enunciated acting, and it will do nothing but kill. You think you have it bad? <laughs> I watched the long international cut 
All right, so it's the movie. <laughs> How long was it? It was like a hundred and... F- oh, my God. No, 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 no. I, I, take that. <laughs> I take that. It's about 95 minutes. Um, but I just want to see how much longer. Um, but uh, the worst part was it's the movie and then to get the extra stuff because it wasn't just like all put on on one. It goes like the movie's playing and then it cuts to like what's obviously a VHS rip to get that like added scene in there. The daily footage. Yeah. It's just like, oh, look, like, the oh, dailies yeah. in to film. But like, so you're watching the, the movie and then it like all of a sudden for like. 30 seconds cuts to this like awful VHS rip one's like a TV because it wasn't just like it wasn't just going back from like the DVD to VHS like there was like 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 um, some European countries uh, television because it had the subtitles on Mm, there okay so basically someone went through all of this trouble for no fucking reason (laughs) to get like the mall hours edit of Lady Frankenstein (laughs) which I I just had to endure and the worst part is like all the gruesome shit was in like the original it was in like the good quality DVD stuff so he just added extra exposition and bullshit like that i didn't like it wasn't even extra tits or anything you know what scene could have actually been really good because it it it, because the the uh the suggestion is very disturbing is when she lures what's his face to to the thomas yes to to the bed he's just the simpleton that works for them and they you know like she you know gets him like you know in mid mid act and Coitus. and uh, the Baron's assistant comes in and chokes him with the pillow while she's on top of him, and that scene in a better movie would have been really, really like, uh, like soul raking. Yeah. But in here, it's almost like, well, yeah. The who whole cares? Mo- yeah. The whole movie's shackled to well, melodrama, yeah. so you never really get. Although one thing I do like about the scene, it's probably just me reading too much into it because I'm a fucking creep. Mm-hmm. But uh, when she's still on top of him while the guy's smothering him, you can see I got that as some well. Weird like, pleasure, yeah. yeah. Like maybe he was getting some weird like fear boner that was really hitting <laughs> the spot for her, but maybe she's just like I feel it going flaccid. Yeah. Oh yeah. Was, yeah. Like well, I mean, he's getting choked. It was probably like <laughs> autoerotic asphyxiation. Oh yeah, yeah. I like the idea that she Goodness, held him yeah. down. This like, this you know, not muscular woman and this like weaselly dude yeah. held this guy down. And and smothered him like uh, like the guy, if you've seen the movie the guy's like pretty pretty big he could easily take both of them on but like she's grabbing his wrists and holding him down on the bed and I'm like dude yeah. anybody would fucking just like take you apart in a second yeah. he's like put my pants yeah, are like down. the plot needed it to happen um Ugh. you know what uh, I'm 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 totally cool of just uh, getting this Lady Frankenstein bullshit out of the way really quick and calling it early. It's already late. Yeah. It's always late. Well, yeah. That's what I mean. On late night cycle rama. <laughs> My drink is empty. The, the movie sucks. Hours. Is there anything? Uh, no, yeah. This movie uh, was not good. I feel like I had one more thing, but... It doesn't matter. Does Lady Frankenstein deserve it? <laughs> Oh, you know what? Here, here, I'll, I'll tell you a Joseph Cotton it. story that's that's uh, really fascinating. Joseph Cotton wrote a book in the 80s 
and uh, him and Orson Welles were good friends up until the end. And uh, he uh, first, I think he, Joseph Cotton had a stroke and he lost his ability to speak, but Orson Welles still called him like once a week anyway and like worked with him to, to, to get a speech back. And uh, eventually, you know, he did get it back and everything like that. And um, uh, he wrote a book. Orson Welles takes it. He reads it, phones him, tells him it's magnificent. And he tells like other people about it. He's like, yeah, I have this, they have this book by, uh, you know, Joe, Joe Cotton wrote it. And it's uh, good stuff. I'll let you borrow it. Orson Welles dies the next day. There's only one manuscript of this book, and it's somewhere in Orson Welles' <laughs> like man. It's like the fucking sled in Citizen Kane. Yeah, and uh, that's really cool. Actually, nobody knows where to find there or anything about it. And, he, and like Joseph Cotton wrote in his autobiographies, yeah, I got this awesome book. I I can't. I don't feel like rewriting it, but like it, the <laughs> manuscript's somewhere in Orson, the depths of Orson Welles' house. If yeah. somebody finds it, you know, there it is. Is this before or after the Prowler? Joseph Cotton's in the Prowler. Isn't he like the sheriff in the Prowler? Is he? I did not know that. You, yeah, you do that. <laughs> yeah, let's think about it. I haven't watched the Prowler in years. The last time I watched it, I, I loved it as a kid, but when I watched it, it was too long. There's like too much. Like I've only fluff. seen it once, and it was. I mean, when it's on, when it's on, it's fucking on. Yeah. Like the, the the Tom Savini does the does the uh, yeah the good stuff in the Prowler is especially is really like in good. the beginning with the the that fucking girl getting pitchforked in the shower oh yeah yeah the gore is really good yeah and the, yeah and the guy getting stabbed in the head his eyes popping open all right come on let's see this it'll be worth it apparently not who am okay. i thinking of i don't know but i know that there's somebody in the prowler that's like a person like a big kid actor A big kid. You know. <laughs> big oh, that's who I was thinking of. Farley Granger. Another Hitchcock guy. Is it crazy that Shadow of a Doubt was Hitchcock's favorite movie of his? No, I can actually understand I guess that. I can understand it, but it's wrong. <laughs> I agree, it's wrong. Shadow right? of a Doubt is nowhere near as good as Psycho. <laughs> Strangers on a Train, Lady Vanishes. I love Strangers on a Strangers Train. Strangers on a Train is a great movie. That first kill, when he stalks the 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 ex-wife into that uh, little island. Oh, there's so much all good. Yo, Hitchcock was amazing. You don't have to tell me. Ben Affleck has more Oscars than Alfred Hitchcock. Well, wait, maybe not. But Ben Affleck's movie got an Oscar. <laughs> and and Hitchcock never got an Oscar. And on that depressing note. <laughs> Who else? What other hack piece of shit directors have Oscars? And Alfred Hitchcock never got one. Did Orson Welles ever get an Oscar? The um, the uh, 
original screenplay one for Citizen Kane. Oh yeah, and that was booed too. And the Oscars. did you know that Citizen Kane was always booed at the Oscars when it was up that year? Yeah, well they they so many of Hearst's people were there. Well, that's why like one of the reasons why it didn't win Best Picture. Like they 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 created that the screenplay award for Citizen Kane uh, because they didn't okay. have the balls yeah to ma- name it Best Picture. That's why in in the, those circles for a time maybe it still is, but I I don't think it I don't think anyone cares anymore. But like back then, it was actually referred to as the Citizen Kane Consolation Prize. Hmm. Wow, what a sad fucking world we live in. Citizen Kane didn't do too well in the box office either because all the newspapers that Hearst ran refused to advertise it. Yeah, and, and it's so amazing now because you go back and you watch Citizen Kane and you're just like, who the fuck do these people think they are? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the um, You know Orson Welles didn't like Alfred Hitchcock? Well, not personally, but he just said like when his he, movies. He, he watches movies and he said that there are so so detached that he could tell that Alfred Hitchcock didn't like people too much. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think Orson Welles was a big people person either. Yeah, but you could tell his movies have humanity in them. Well, 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 Hitchcock is you know, they're they're the the characters are more vessels for the set pieces, which is okay because Hitchcock movies are more about well, the that's, suspense. That's not always true, though. You don't think so? No, there are some Hitchcock movies where. The, the character interactions are actually the focal point. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I, I'm not saying he's one dimensional, but you can tell the the craft to get the audience on edge and the and to make them jolt was definitely like the number one thing Hitchcock was going for. I'm not saying his characters are one dimensional. I'm just saying. You could tell, like, he wasn't trying to make human stories uh, to to have people think or feel. He wanted to get that audience, like, that, whoa, or that, oh, my God, that that's intense. That strange craving to watch Marnie now. I haven't seen Marnie in a long time. What else? What do I need to see? There's, I've, I've, I've done a shit ton of Hitchcock, but there's still, there's like a few I haven't done. Or more than a few, honestly. I've done like everything Lady Vanishes up, except for like five. He's done a lot of fucking movies. Uh, the only silent movies I've seen of his was The Lodger, which he always considered his first real movie anyway. All right, we're totally off topic. Should we just fucking sign out? It's late. The kids need to go to bed. Yeah, well, I'll just do the. Oh yeah, you gotta catch tell us people. on uh, yeah, yeah. Facebook, late night Sakurama. Oh, how's late night? Uh, night. Late is spelled normally, and oh, night it's not is L eight like uh, Skater no. Boy. No, <laughs> later. Um. <laughs> Night is spelled N-I-T-E. Uh, Instagram, Twitter is LN Psychorama. And uh, you can write us at latenightpsychorama at gmail.com. Has yeah. anyone ever done that? Uh, no. No, okay. no. No one has. <laughs> That's sad.
No one gives a shit. Yeah. About us. Especially not after <laughs> we just ripped apart Halloween. No one's ever going to speak to us ever again. Tell us how you hate our opinions <laughs> on Halloween. <laughs> Late night sec around at gmail.com. You know what I completely forgot to, to mention? The guy who did the soundtrack for Lady Frankenstein was one of the musicians that worked for Morricone on the Dollars trilogy, mm. and he plays the guitar on the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly score. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Definitely more interesting than Lady Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> that fact. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember the score for Lady Frankenstein. Uh, did it have a score? I actually fell asleep, and my wife woke me up because she saw that I had nodded out, and I actually got mad that she woke me yeah, up. Yeah. Don't wake me up for this shit. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to fucking see the rest. <laughs> that being said, like, I mean, Lady Frankenstein, if we were, like, at Exhumed and that came on at, like, three in the morning, whatever. I'd, I'd fall right the fuck asleep. <laughs> I guess so. If this was better, it doesn't like, have like werewolf woman like madness oh going on. Oh my god, that's that true. is that it. Now that's a fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. If this was better, I would love to have watch it as a double feature with Count Yorga. Yeah. All right, all right, kids. You have a great night. Good night. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Bye. Stop it, please. For God's sake, please stop it. There's no more time. You've got to... Please stop it. Stop it now. Turn it off. Turn it off. Stop it. 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 Stop it.